This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about snail trail sequels, twists on twists on twists, and of course, everybody's favorite lunchtime snack, pickled hand. I'm Beth Alderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? 10 out of 10 on that list. Absolutely. You you just absolutely pulled me out of the entire moment by saying snail trail. And I just went, ah. And then we you brought me back home with pickled hand. Thank you. I missed this. You are most this is welcome. amazing. Everyone, we are talking about season four, episode four, The Apprentice. And uh, we did take a little bit of a breather. I do apologize for that. We were going to announce two weeks ago that we would be taking off the following week because I had uh, a business conference last week. Uh, but my son got sick the week before I had to go. Uh, so everything just, got, you know, basically lit on fire. And so we decided just to take a pause and just and, and come back in April refreshed, renewed and ready to talk about this. M- what do you even call this episode, Abby? Like what what adjectives do we use here? I. I don't know. I believe I told you before we started taping that it feels like a fever dream. I can barely remember, but I remember every detail. I It is hard to explain. It feels like a weird, viscous liquid that I'm trying to hold in my hands. I don't know what this episode is. It's very confusing. I don't know if it was just from taking two weeks off, but I was like, I, I remember it being stronger. This is a bad episode to come back on. It. It's not a very good episode. And I think this one really encapsulates what we've talked about before with season four in that it feels like they had a story and then threw Frozen into it. The whole, the apprentice, the sorcerer's hat, bringing back the previous dark one, all of that feels very methodical and very, very well structured. And it feels like it serves a purpose. And then Anna's there. And literally any other character could have been there. It could have been any fairy tale character. Anna did not need to be that person. And in fact, I feel like she wasn't that person. No. The, this whole like, I, I'm so good. I can turn away from the darkness and, and enact this thing. It felt like she was just slotted into it. Yeah. And so I, it's just like we just have Frozen there. And it's kind of muddling up. A, a pretty dark story 
like dark shit happens in this episode, but we also have snail trail. Yeah, and other than if you think about it, other than the fact that Anna goes home, and then ultimately, like I mean, she does have the the sorcerer's hat thing, which is what keeps it out of Rumple's hand. Other than that, nothing changed in her storyline. She learned, other than like she was like, oh, my parents were afraid of her, but like I. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure Rumpel's lying, but I forget. But it was just one of those, that entire storyline barely happened. They slotted her in and it almost put her back to zero because she is no threat to Rumpel. I mean, she she wielded the dagger against him. And then at the very end, she, with what I assume the writers were doing, very quickly thinking of ca- caveats to make sure that it didn't screw up the rest of the storyline. I'd be like, you can't hurt me anymore. Also, my sister. Uh, also, you have to take me far away from here. Uh, and you can never retaliate. And it's fine. Like, not a lot of people disarm Rumple. This should be a bigger deal than it is. It is. And I and we'll we'll, we'll kind of talk about like I, I liked his reaction and stuff. That's kind of a, a thing we can get into, because even though Rumple's story is really bad in this episode, because he just it's just every everything has a new thing, has a new thing, has a new thing. We get reveals about 40 times in this episode. But I got to say, Robert Carlyle, like one of his better performances as Rumpel I've seen in a while. Like he carried this episode, even though this episode was not one worth carrying. I'll carry this, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing else to do. Yeah, this episode was definitely like he was very strong in this episode, but it all just felt very. And again, like you said, we're we're gonna get into it. But like the the hook and Rumpel argument that they get into, it just feels like it went on for far too long for what it was. Mm-hmm. So it just it just seemed like they were stretching out 11 minutes of storyline and it just got tiring after a while. So it's a weird episode. It had a weird pacing, uh, some odd costume choices, uh, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, so well, we're going to go ahead and start uh, back in the long, long ago, the long, 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 long ago. Literally, they just say it's a long time ago. As to I... not confuse the timeline <laughs> anymore. I'm okay with it. We don't need it to be specific. This is fine. It's a long time ago in a fantasy land far, far away. We have the debut of The Apprentice, played by Timothy Weber. And, you know, he might be an apprentice for a sorcerer, but he's also an old dude. But, you know, you gotta got start somewhere. Listen, you it's, can restart. It's like when Rob, when, when, when the intern, when he was the, the old guy was the intern to Anne Hathaway. You yeah. Start somewhere. Listen, listen, as somebody who like fully quit her job to go back and get a bachelor's degree, listen, you can always reinvent yourself. Never too late. You're never too old to start and go for your dreams. And if your dream is to be an apprentice, a journeyman under a magician with a strange hat, and all you have to do is sweep things, take that job. <laughs> take That's a good that job. job. <laughs> and and I like Timothy Weber. I think he's good in this role. I remember always liking him as this very kind and wizened older person who also can kick a little ass and and isn't scared like he's not scared of the dark one the dark one is a very scary figure he's just like no you can't do it sorry no dice yeah i do like his like many a dark one has tried which again and i will never stop making this joke i am imagining the dark one the boar like trotting in, <laughs> like I will have this hat. Let's go. 
Well, so the the apprentice is sweeping as he's wont to do. And uh, a dark one comes in and they, they shield his face. Uh, but it's very decidedly not Robert Carlyle's frame. So we instantly know this is somebody else. Uh, it turns out it's Zozo, who is the one who tricked Rumpel into uh, taking on the Dark One powers. And he tries to secure this box, the box that we later see in the mansion that Rumpel now possesses. Uh, but he uh, he gets uh, just full wire treatment, just full 180. Just flip. The, the flip was very funny and it wasn't supposed to be funny. No, it wasn't supposed to be, but was 100% funny. This was this was pratfall levels of, of special effects. You should have added wire. like a Wilhelm scream while he was doing it, really <laughs> just to solidify it. Or goofy, since we're in Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and the Dark One vows, I will get to that box, I will get to the magic, and the apprentice says, No Dark One will ever do it, and then we cut immediately to to Robert Carlyle opening the box. But we're going to hold on that because that is in the modern times. And we need to focus on Princess Anna, who arrives at Rumpel's Tower uh, to uh, ask him about her parents and what they were in the Enchanted Forest seeking. Uh, Rumpel's like, OK, I'll help you, but just don't lie to me because I already know everything. I know who you are. I watched Frozen, so I get your story. Seen it. Seen it. Where's Seen Olaf? It. Yeah, where? Yeah, that's a good question. What wouldn't it have been funny if, like, eventually, just like, wouldn't it be funny if Rumple also kind of broke the fourth wall in that way a little bit? Yeah, like just like because he's already like the smartest person in the world. Conceivably, he also could just be aware that they're on a television show. Yeah, like like quietly doing like the meta Deadpool thing in like mm-hmm. a less uh, vulgar way, but just being like, "Where's your snowman friend? Wasn't in the budget. Mm. Like, couldn't get Josh Gad. <laughs> Tough." Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Uh, Anna says she will do whatever she needs to do uh, to figure out what happened with her parents, why they were there, what they know about Elsa. And what results is just a lot of mess. I'm going to just try and surmise this very quickly because I don't think it's worth really unpacking. But it's just all mess. Rumple says, I have this vile thing. You need to go give it to this old man. What is it? I'm not telling you. You don't need to worry about that. She goes, old man's super nice. He's like super chill. Uh, she goes to make his tea. She pulls out the vial. Clearly, it's indicated that it's poison. She's going to be killing an old dude. She puts it back, makes the tea, and then the old guy turns into a mouse. She dumps, the, she dumps it into the fire. She does dump it into the fire so she can lie. Yes. And say that she did it. Yes. And lo and behold, turns into a mouse. She's like, what the hell? Rumple shows up and says, well, why, why is he a mouse? I gave, I gave you the antidote to the poison I gave him yesterday. I was testing you. This, I, just sin number. I, I, oh, I'm not going to say that because I don't like the whole sins thing. It's stupid. Um, just oopsie number one. Oopsie number one. Uh, cinema oopsies with Beth and Abby. <laughs> I like uh, that better. Um, no, I this you're right. This was confusing because it then like validated the deal. And then there was a lot of talking. I will just say, like, first of all, Anna has a lot of information about the dark one. 
at this point, like, she just was, like, given his name on a piece of paper. You need to go find Rumpelstiltskin. They don't really indicate that she's talked to other people to get this information. But then she suddenly had, like, information about the Dark One. Like, that's why she knew what he was trying to do once it started getting revealed. And, like, and then she understood the dagger. Like, it was, there was a lot of information that she seemed to have gathered off screen. Um... Random other note, when he said, would you like to come in for tea and biscuits? I went, it's weird that he calls them biscuits because he's not English. And then they fully pan to a thing of biscuits. I thought he was talking about cookies. <laughs> I've been watching too much British baking shows. <laughs> Pillsbury. It's like, oh, I made some biscuits. And it, like you go over and it's just like, like those down-home rolls that you make in a pan. And I'm like... Dude, this guy gets it. Like, that's what I would be doing. I'd be living in a cottage making, like, tea over a fire and and just full-on rolls. Just rolls with, like, butter. Hell yeah. Ca- cottage core, that's what my life is. Uh, but yeah, this was all very confusing. Because I, I also didn't quite track the... She then wanted to kill him, but then she didn't. But then there was a tear on the dagger, and it's what he wanted the whole time. Because true love, but she doesn't know how to wield it. All of this... I rewatched it, made less sense the second time. It it doesn't make any sense because it's just the, who wrote this episode? Let's see who wrote this episode. Uh, this was written by Andrew Chambliss and Dana Horgan. I don't really recognize them super very much from Once Upon a Time, but like whoever was writing this or drafting it or whatever thought they were being super clever with just all these, aha, you think that's one way. It's actually this way. But they do it so many times that it loses all meaning. And it happens in the past and in the present. And I get that's because they like to do the parallels. But you can't do parallels with multiple twists because then you just have multiple twists on multiple twists. And that's what this ended up being. And they're just, and we don't, you know, we, we the, the episode, you know, jumps back and forth so much that you're just, they start intermingling to the point where you don't know what is actually happening. Because Rumple tells Anna, you know, that was the antidote. You needed to give it to him. And she's like, because I need you to be tempted by the darkness and come back. She's like, well, I was never tempted by the darkness, which I call bullshit on because she pulled that out and she looked like she was going to put it in. I think she was. Yeah, I think she was genuinely considering being like, what if this guy does like eat children? What if in this moment I truly believe that he eats children? But I fully believe that Anna's character would just be like, maybe the kids kind of sucked. Like, <laughs> like Anna would be the kind of character that would kind of like find her way around that a little bit and try to find the good in a person. So like she she'd not be tempted by the darkness so much as just be rerouted by it. She'd hear it and be like, yeah, he maybe he is evil, but maybe, but maybe it's for a purpose. Maybe there's political positioning here. Uh, but again, it's it's frozen. They're not going to let Anna be tempted by the darkness in reality. Yeah, because then what happens is that Rumpel just starts being a dick to her. And so she decides to maybe kill him. And that's the moment where she's tempted by darkness and pulls her way back. Aha! It's what he planned all along! I I disagree that in a... In a one-on-one situation in which a person is lying to you, threatening you, binding you to a strange contract, and you are unsure of your own safety, if you having a moment considering 
Should I hurt this person? I don't know if that's being tempted by the darkness. I don't think that's dark. I don't think that that's anti-hero stuff. Again, let's just cut back to David. Absolutely falling soldiers left and right without remorse. Like, what is what is her doing something similar for her own safety? Why is that being tempted by the darkness? And can you truly pass a test if you know what the rules are? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's like, oh, it's a test. It's like, no, it wasn't. You were, it's a trick. It's a prank. It's like, it's not a test. It, it's like in the good place when they know that they're in the bad place and they need to earn good place points. The, all the good place points get negated because you can't make your, you can't do the thing if you already know what the result is going to be. So the yeah. Tahani problem is being yep. a generous charitable person still being generous and charitable if you're doing it for for uh fame and stature these are philosophical things we could debate on a different time but yes the, i i don't agree that this was her being tempted by the darkness but the show needed it to be and so they made it as convoluted as possible so it's hard for me to argue who was right or wrong i'm just tempted to say they were rumple takes the tear-stained dagger and uh, flops open the door, runs downstairs, grabs himself his little sweet box and brings it back up. He can access it. He can open it because he has this tear thing, which I feel like the dark boar would have thought of that. Yeah. yeah just saying. The dark boar would have definitely been. I, I just want to know how the dark boar deals with the dagger. Like, <laughs> like it's the it's his tusks. It's his tusks. <gasps> he's got like a little dagger handle and he's just. <laughs> Uh, oh no the dagger is his tusk is that what you're exactly saying? okay i was like imagining yeah. it being like duct taped to a tusk so someone just like yeah so somebody just took the took like oh I, that, that's too many details and how somebody got it from the boar if it's yeah no like body. I feel, listen i'm just gonna say it right now the dark one who was embodied by a boar I don't think, as much as I think that I want him to be going on grand adventures with a spider uh, and doing a bunch of fun things, I feel like that was a very short-lived dark one life. <laughs> I don't. I think whatever happened there was short and probably very tragic. Someone um, just went like was like, "I'm hungry." Oh no, I'm the dark one. <laughs> Damn! Everyone's well, just like there's a dark one, like deer running about just because of happenstance. Um. So then, like, the Dark One, who is amassing powers in order to, like, conquer the universe, is thwarted by a cornered, scared girl and a mouse. Yep, because Rumpel comes up with his all his goodies in tow. He's got his swag bag. He is ready to slay. Uh, but lo and behold... On a, somehow manages to get a hold of his dagger and doesn't even realize that it controls him until she, you know, commands him in some way just by saying something and he does it. She's like, oh, the pieces all fit now. If I do that, you, the power is in your knife. I, it all makes perfect sense. I feel like she could have gotten there eventually. I don't feel like she would have gotten there this fast. And this is another situation where if you had another character in this situation who was from the Enchanted Forest, they don't have to know everything about Rumple, but they would be a bit more informed of the general mythology of the land. And these pieces would fit a lot better. So counterpoint, 
I know that they don't code her this way. They don't make her like Belle. But Anna was shut in her castle for the better part of her teenage years. There is a library there. Do we think that she spent her whole time just reading incessantly? So it was pretty easy for her to point it together because there was probably multiple stories about enchanted daggers or things of that nature. Just enough for her to be like, I know the rules of this game. I've read this book a couple of times. Chris Christoph brought the books back from one of his many times he went to go visit David and have a beer. Yeah. Yeah, just like just a bunch of books that just like have been amassed in the royal thing. Just like they, I I Anna seems like a girl who reads a lot. She just has a like a, a reader thing to me. Um, so, well, does that mean did she, she talk to the mouse did, or did she know what the mouse was going to do? Like, that's my question. I mean, just princesses and, and, and mice. They just go hand in hand. Don't you remember Cinderella? I guess it's true. And Snow Starring White. Starring Camilla Cabela. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see the thing on the Oscars? Which I only know one thing that happened at the Oscars. I'm sorry. I know two things that happened at the Oscars. No, what happened at the Oscars that wasn't the two things that I'm thinking of. Is one of them the Flash thing? No, the other one that I'm thinking about is uh, Kirsten Dunst. Oh, yes. So they had like, you know, they were originally going to do like the popular movies category that was going to be fan vote. And everyone was like, this is a stupid idea. So instead, what they did are these online polls for like fan worthy movements for like they did one of like the best moments and it's a horrible like the Snyder stands completely hacked it. They hacked both of them. Ah. But who also hacked it? The Camilla Cabela stands because the number two cheerworthy moment was Camilla Cabello talking with the mice after they transformed into people. The number two moment of 2021 in cinematic history, the cheerworthy moment, Camilla Cabela talks to uh, that that dude, oh, well, James you know Corden. What? You know what? I think maybe James Corden hacked that one. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's put this on Camilla Cabello. Let's, let's put this on James Corden. Um, also, like, so next year we need to rally the, like, the Twitter fan, anime fan cams. No, J-pop, uh, K-pop, sorry. The K-pop fan cam uh, kids uh, and get them to like put in all of the best moments. 100% we're going to get that to happen. Okay. All, all Bridgerton. All. Five, four, three, two, one. I burned through the second season so fast and I'm furious about it. I'm like, no, now I don't have any again. I, I'm in the middle, so don't spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil we'll, anything. We'll chat I'm about just, it. I know. Ooh, maybe know. bonus episode. <gasps> bonus episode. Do we want to talk about Bridgerton? <gasps> yes. Patreons, get ready. Okay, so the, yeah, the the mouse is is firmly in in Team Anna camp and and helps with the whole rumple situation. And Anna's just like, I got this wavy knife. I do like she called it a wavy knife. That was funny. I like that. Um, but that also makes me think she knows like she doesn't know anything about this world. She didn't even know what it was called. Like Kristoff had to explain it to her. So if all her book learning, she's not learning a lot. I'm just saying she's learning, like, magical tropes. Like, if she's reading a bunch of yeah. fiction, she kind of understands the thing. Also, I like that you referred to her at one point, like, you mispronounced it a little bit and you corrected yourself, but you said Anna Camp, and now I'm kind of imagining Anna Camp as, <laughs> as Anna. Just, like, she's holding the knife. Ah, excuse me. Like, she's <laughs> holding there fully in pumps. Uh, I... I will say, and you mentioned this before, but I liked Rumpel's performance in the face mm -hmm. of the dagger being held against him. 
I liked I liked his reluctant answering and then his emotions afterwards. Yes. I liked this. I, I, I thought it was contrived how we got there, but I enjoyed the product. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of a little bit of that moment in season one where he's like, I need her name. Give me her name. And they do that weird special effect thing that they never repeated. Like the moments where where Rumple is is broken and enraged are good moments for Rumple and yes. good moments for Robert Carlyle. Correct. I like I I yes, and I like that um, quite a bit. I so why does the knife not go with her? That seems like a weird continuity problem for how to get out of having someone else hold your dagger. Well, it's a thing. Poop like, him somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, if if she didn't say you can keep the knife. Like, she didn't say that at any point. So, logistically, he's, he's in a sense, that when she's holding the dagger, it's a part of her, just like the box is. So, he kind of didn't obey her. But 100%. I also think... Agreed. I think that's also just the show scrubbing her in and out of that scene very quickly, of just being yep. like, we haven't corrected anything because... Anna being poofed back to Arendelle with the wavy deck with the wavy knife uh would be a season and a half long arc. Yeah. So like you you can't have her go back, but there's no reason she also would have left it on her own volici- volition. So it would have just been like, "Oh, it just gets dropped and let's not talk about it ever again." <laughs> Cuz I was just like, "Well, we got what we needed and she's involved in the story to make sure that people don't forget who Anna is." I guess no reason for her to be in there. This could have been literally anybody else. And I think probably at one point it was maybe Snow. I think if we were talking about like there's like a... This mis- se- yeah. yeah. This seems like it would have been a Snow thing or maybe like a Sleeping Beauty, like an Aurora thing. Uh, but I don't think she's coming back. I don't think she, she served long served her purpose. And anyway, she's back in Arendelle. She and Kristoff have a kiss. They talk. Nothing has changed. And yet we feel like everything has changed. Uh, like, there was a lot of great a- reindeer direction in this one. Yes. Reindeer got a lot of, like, Reindeer did a good job. Top five uh, in the episode today. <laughs> like, amazing. Along with the Once Upon a Time editor who voices him. 10 out of 10. Love it 10 very much. Uh, yeah, nothing changes. Uh, she's just back and she's just like, I think my parents were afraid of Elsa, which, again, fair. She can't control it. It's a scary thing. So I don't remember at all what happens with this storyline. Suffice that I do, like, I don't believe the Snow Queen is lying when she says that Anna put her in there. Right. That's, and I don't remember what happens, but I have a theory, and I just want to throw it out there because why not pretend, like, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I don't remember, so I'm probably wrong, and I'm going to be proven wrong in a couple episodes most likely, but I think what happens is that Anna and Elsa agree to put her in there because Rumple or somebody else who has that box is coming after her to trap her in that sorcerer's hat and steal her magic. I, so they do it to protect her. I like that. Now I can't. I and I, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll, cards on the table. I don't know if I have a theory or I'm kind of remembering. So I'm just gonna say I don't remember either because my theory is that like Anna is tricked into putting mm. her in there. Like, I think she is made to be afraid of Elsa, 
by the Snow Queen. I don't know if I'm remembering this or I'm just building it together in my brain. I just, I don't know where that line is in my brain right now. I can't tell what I'm concocting from nothing versus old memories. So we'll see where it goes. I like your idea. I like your idea of like her, at least Elsa maybe going in willingly. That would be, that would be nice. Yeah, I mean, it would kind of be a little bit similar to last season where it's like, we're going to enact the curse ourselves to erase our own memories to, so we can find a way to stop Zelina, which was a great plan. All right, let's go ahead and move back into Storybrooke uh, really quick. We've got Regina and Henry. Uh, they are just, they're doing a couple things. They're trying to figure out how way to unfreeze Marion. And Henry's like, we still have this operation and we're totally doing it. And uh, I'm going to go undercover and be an apprentice in, in Rumpel's shop and do the world's worst sleep, sweeping job to the point Thank where you. I immediately get fired. Thank you. I was like, what is this job? This is making it worse. It is. <laughs> he doesn't even have a dustpan. Like, first of all, it's not a great broom. Like, this nope. is the kind of broom you use to, to sweep your cottage that you've been making bread rolls and tea in while I assume by the way getting wildly drunk like there just has to be like a lot of whiskey drinking going on like there's well, nothing there's else some, to do there's some sweet mushrooms growing in the back we dry them out have a good time see listen you get it you get it uh <laughs> but yeah like this is like the world's worst broom like you're mostly moving piles of dirt around on your cobblestone as opposed to like a hard linoleum floor that you're just like pew, pew, pew. that was the worst job ever Henry get it together You'll never yeah. make it in this industry if you don't know how to sweep. And that's what's happening over there. And uh, meanwhile, we've got uh, Emma popping into Le Granny's dinner uh, to, to, to meet up with, uh, with, with Captain Hook. Exactly. He's playing darts. I'm sorry. Did you hear the radio advert? This WKNX brought to you by Granny's Diner. Is Granny paying money for for blocks of time on the local radio station <laughs> what music do they play from when i have so many Abby, questions about the local storybrook so radio happy. station i am so happy you brought this up <gasps> because i watched it back three times and i put on the subtitles <laughs> and the subtitles show the radio program uh did you see a tweet i sent you earlier today I oh, did. Song, I didn't no watch context. it until I was going to watch it after the show. And then I had to play a level of Kirby with my kid before we got on. So I didn't get to watch it. It's OK. So that song is the song that was playing on the radio right when Emma was in the car. Fantastic. The radio station is called Wolf 98. Nice. Um, no other reference. I couldn't find it anywhere. I Googled. I searched. Nothing happened. Uh, apparently features uh, Storybrooke's favorite party animal. So I have to wonder who, because Red is the wolf. So I have to wonder which wolf this is, or if this is like one of the three little pigs and he's just like being super cheeky about it. Like, there's a story there and we're never going to get the story and I'm upset. I want, listen, you know what? Let's just, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta drill down into our own in-world canon that we've made so I believe that Wolf 98 is the, like, indie radio station put on by Storybrooke University's journalism program. Yes. Okay. So, like, they, yes. they, they just got college kids in there. And so the Wolf 98, because they're put on by grannies, that, that whoever that kid is knows that grannies is, like, granny and, and red are the wolves, the wolf family. So it's like, well, to honor them, I will be 
DJ Wolf's a lot. And I will just play this really rad music. I love the radio station. I wish we had more radio station stuff. Because obviously there's a journalism school. Because they have to put people into the paper. True. Uh, so the song is Left of the Dial by The Replacements, which is oh. from uh, 1985. I listen to it. It's a bop. It, as the kids say, it slaps. I highly it's- recommend it. I, I listened to the whole thing. Uh, but there are three wonderful tidbits I'd like to share with you about the wonderful radio program Emily listens to while she is driving in the car uh, before getting accosted by ice. I'm so glad we're talking about this. I'm so happy. Um, one, a uh, there's a weather report where it's uh, mid-70s in uh, Midtown, uh, but gets to the low 30s once you hit the ice wall. <laughs> I, I love the idea that it's like, hey, can you check the weather near the ice wall? I need to know if we're going to be good to go for on our camping trip. Oh, it's down to the 30s again. Damn yeah. that ice Damn. wall. <laughs> Second, uh, Rip Van Winkle makes a song request for something to wake up to in the morning. <sighs> More characters I, I wish we had. <laughs> and then finally, the reason that I wanted to talk about this, because you mentioned Granny's having an ad. There was a tagline in there. That he said. He said, Grannies, it's better than you remember. That was the tagline! Because they all lost their memory! What? Isn't that the greatest thing? It makes the episode. Like, this the episode best, is just... It, it saves it. The best writing in the show was for a throwaway radio <laughs> Yes, it was. They need I you know what? This is this is what they miss. Like they they did little tiny things of this before, but I wish they would just tease out stuff like this. And again, I'm not saying that we need all of this, but I like I like to make these really random little connections, but stuff like this they stop doing at a certain point. Mm-hmm. They just stop giving us these fun little things that make the world of Storybrooke seem bigger. It just stops seeming as big. Uh, so this was absolutely my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> hands down. Ah, and you barely ah, hear it. Ah, hands down. Hands, hands down. Hands. Both hands. Absolutely both hands. Uh, evil hand and normal regular gentleman hand. So, <laughs> so Emma gets frozen snail trailed. Uh, I love how bad she is at driving. Because she loses control of her car and she's spinning out of the turn and slamming on the brakes and doing all kinds of... Comes to a stop on top of the snail trail. Sees the Ice Queen. And was just like, wait, stop. But then loses her immediately in this weird, like, four-walled tree area. I didn't understand what I was looking at. I think my favorite part was Emma running after her on the snail trail and at no point going no she's running on ice like listen it's i would have loved for her to like be power walking but like like a penguin with both her arms out just like uh yeah like this 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 whole thing was just to to remind us that something weird was afoot while we then completely ignore it for date night for date night. So Emma asks Hook out. And he's like, okay, but I get to plan it because I am a man and men ask girls out. And since you took that from me, I get to plan. And she's like, I guess. I guess that's fine. Come pick me up at my parents' house. I do appreciate that she continues to make the joke about living with her parents. Uh, she also uh, makes a little bit of a, I don't, I don't, I don't 
plunder booty on the first date. So. I like to talk about plunder and and uh, pillage. And he's like, well, maybe with me you do. Wee. <laughs> and she's like, cool, excellent. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, dress up like a 17 year old. And while she's doing that and getting her wet seal clothes out, Hook goes and does what can only be described as the most random choice for a character I can possibly imagine. It's a, I'm going on a date with a woman I love. I need to go ask the town pawn shop guy if I can have my hand back because he's (laughs) keeping it like he's keeping it as if it at any point it was going to spawn up a crisis doctor who david tenant for a dalek invasion like the only time i've ever seen a hand in a tube like that is on doctor who and it barely made sense then so the fact that it was in a cookie jar <laughs> bubbling question mark and it was a bit like they made it look like his hand so in the water it looked all deformed and weird and it was in clear water so it looked even stranger and at, and I will just say very succinctly as Beth texted me randomly while she watched the episode why did Rumple just have this what is why? Like, is someone cleaning out his stores being like, ah, there is the sorcerer's box. Uh, there are the puppets of uh, adults that he has uh, turned into puppets. Uh, and also, here is a jar with hand. Not labeled. Why does Rumple have it? Why does Hook presume, not know, presume that Rumple has it and be right? And then, without getting too much into all the things why does rumple's mind immediately go oh hey i can use this to get hook to do something for me by pretending his hand is evil aha my plan is afoot a hand i'm going i have been waiting centuries with a hand in a jar for leverage and this is what I will use it for. He, the hand gets put on and taken off so easily. And then if I'm remembering correctly, we never talk about it again. We don't. However, apparently they were going, they had written a scene where Hook was going to cut it off with a meat cleaver. 10 out of 10. I wish that scene happened. I wanted that scene to happen and for him to show back up and be like, here, destroy it. Don't put it back in a jar. Because we do put it back in the jar at the end. We do. But the network said it was too violent, so they didn't do it. I, you know what? Whatever. The network can't. I, I would love the idea of them being like, listen, we will preserve Anna and her heart of goodness and purity and not have her be tempted by the darkness. In the same episode, though, we are going to have a grown man chop off his own arm while screaming bloody murder. <laughs> like, So it is a give and take. Yeah, we're keeping Elsa in the dress, okay? You have to give us something in exchange. We're going to do like, we're going to do a little like really, I know this isn't going to make a lot of sense to you, but we're going to be calling it a very 2022 Disney 
plus mode where we will be having turning red for everybody to watch but also behind like parental controls we are going to have marvel defenders to terrify everyone so really it's for everybody it's it's serving everybody anyway yeah hook wants his hand back to go on a date a first date because if he's and the way they word this is so funny to me he's like well if i'm holding her I want to make sure I have both hands. If I'm holding her, I want to make sure I have... If you're holding her, if you're holding her, that's what we're going to go with. That's what you're going to tell a man. A man who's fully had a child, so he just... He knows. Like, he's been around. Like, why are we talking like this? Why are two dudes in a pawn shop talking about you know, holding nicely? I need both hands to hold things. We're, I, we're, 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 we're trying to understand just how far Hook has come so that we can understand how bad his hand is. I need, I how need bad, both. bad his hand has been. Listen, I need both hands. I'm losing my mind. Why do you need both hands? Because here's all I'm thinking. He keeps saying hold her. And my brain, again, a 17-year-old, I just immediately was just like, does he want to, like, honk her boobs? Like, does he need both hands to be like, ah? <laughs> just like, awooga. Like, what is happening? Why does he need, like... He hasn't had his other hand this whole time for anything. He has gone to the, like, he has faced death. He has stood in the doorway of the end of his life, and he has fought everything, and he is being the, a, a scurvy pirate feared by not having a hand. One date, a first date with a woman. Need both hands. Need both my hands. I also would be remiss if I didn't point out that if the genders were reversed and a woman was like, I need my hand back. I need this part of my body back for a hot date. We'd be like, oh, she's doing it for a man. Like, that's kind of, you know, sexist storytelling. I don't feel like it's any better here. Like, why it should be him wanting it for himself. Yeah. Him wanting it for his sake. Because the resulting thing with, you know, you have an evil hand that's going to make you evil, is he's kind of abusive on his date. Yeah. And, and that's and weird. Just just from an angle of, and I, I don't have a lot of pretense to be, to be speaking very officially about this, but... Because, and I've said this before, but Hook is missing a hand. That means Hook is is disabled in a way. He is missing his hand. He has a prosthetic. The trope of being able to just easily fix that problem, mm. like, that is not a pro. That is not, like, just someone just being like, oh, this is a character that is, like, hi, I d- identify as a person who, like, is missing a limb, and I can just easily fix it. And so it's just, like, that's not good. That's not okay. And, like, to have this, like, weird, like red herring sitting around and be like at any point hook could just ask for his hand back not chill don't care for that especially once he learns it wasn't evil all along okay. you were I, it was, was all in so, your yeah, mind so, so rumple's just like you can have it but it will be cursed even if she knows that it is cursed with all of your and what's funny too is that what he says the curse is is that the curse is his scurvy dog pirate nature like, it's just like, oh, yes, your hand, it remembers what what a Lothario you were. Like, I, this, this whole thing is terrible. I'm going to just say this up top. I laughed every time something happened. Because especially with the kiss where he's staring at his hand and he's like, no, you evil <laughs> son of a bitch. So he gets his hand back. He's like, that's fine. Oh, so the- And let me also point out, when he got his hand cut off, he was running away with Rumpel's wife because he was in love with her. Mm-hmm. And he was like, 
you know, he was being kind of crass and crude and cruel and whatever, but he wasn't like this villainous monster. He was in love with a woman. That's the hand of a man in love. Yeah, it's not like he was some sort of like, I, I don't know. He wasn't, he's still a pirate, but at the same time, he was everything as far as I know, everything he was doing, very consensual. So, not a problem. I, I don't, like, it's not like he was some sort of like deviant like he, I, I, I don't understand what. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So cut to, cut to him going to pick up uh, Emma. So Emma comes out. Listen, Jennifer Morrison is a beautiful, beautiful woman, a beautiful adult woman now in her thirties at this point. I don't. She, okay, for hold on. She looks very cute. I like this, but it looks like as. I, I explained to you, she looks like an undercover cop trying to bust kids at a college party. She looks like she's trying to dress down 10, 12 years underneath her. I liked her outfit. I, I again, I, I don't, it was, I liked it. I, it's cute. It looks nice, but it just, she just, it didn't look right to me. I don't know why. Like it just, she just looked like she was not dressing for your ages in the thing. It just looked like she was like trying doesn't sound right when I say it like this. I don't know how to explain it. I didn't. I liked it. She looked cute. It just didn't look like Emma to me. I I agree. It looks different. It's not the Emma we know. But we also know that, that Emma puts up walls. She puts on the red leather jacket. She puts on pants. She puts on boots. Like she, she builds up those walls. And I think this is, I think they're trying to represent her metaphorical vulnerability with with Hook that she hasn't really had for anyone in a long time. It's why she this is not what she's worn for previous dates. She's worn, you know, the hot the hot mini dress. And so like I it's a little it's a little heavy-handed, but I liked it. I think it was mostly and I will say I I like I like the dress. I'd wear the shit out of the dress. That dress rules. I think it was a lot with the hair. Mm, like I think fair. the hair is what sold and it also did have a very dated feel to me with the bump in the front Emma no not the bump not the 2000s bump oh yes we, we all we're all familiar remember when they used to like you had you put like a thing of tissue or like there was mm-hmm. even like the thing you could buy underneath yep. that would give you the bump which didn't work it was called the bump it it didn't work because it had combs in it so like when you would tie put your hair over it the combs would stick out yeah so you would just have these little things sticking out of your head like a little reindeer um, so like, and also her hair looked fake, if that makes sense. Like it, it looked like a big fake ponytail. I think this might just be too much, um, marching band experience and seeing the majorettes with their big clip on ponytails. I, I don't know. It, this Liz, again, like I said, she's very beautiful. She looks great, but I don't think that this works and I maybe can't pinpoint why, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, she goes, go to date. I love why, why did they make David weird and squeamish about his adult daughter going on one single date with a man? A man she's known for a while. Because it's funny. I guess. I, I thought guess. Snow was hilarious. Snow was the best. <laughs> Snow was just full on like mom before prom. She had the polaroid. Yeah. I do love Elsa like staring at the camera like, what? And I'm not going to ask questions, but I'm scared as hell of that thing. Like, I don't know <laughs> the world. I liked Elsa asking where the rest of her dress was. She's like, oh, honey, you've only put on the undergarments. Where's the rest of your dress? <laughs> like those moments I like. And so Hook picks her up and he's... I didn't notice until she said something. She's like, oh, and he's like, yes, sometimes I too can dress like a normal person. I'm like, I don't know how different he dressed. <laughs> he didn't dress super different. 
I mean, I, I like that it's, this is his version of modern. He's got a shorter jacket. It doesn't have as high a collar, but it's still him. What I thought was funny was that he hands her the rose and she's so distracted by how cute he is and by this rose, she doesn't even notice that he's doesn't, that he has his hand back. Like It's I, like Snow has to be like, Emma. Emma, 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 he's handing you the rose. He's handing you the rose. He's what? Oh my God. And I like that it was just like a brush off too. What? Oh, well, I went and collected it. It's fine. It's like, okay. Could have done that before. Yeah, I guess we'll go on our date. So they go on a date. They do a little Lady in the Tramp callback. I hated it so much. It's cute when dogs do it. I was mad when people were doing it. I was like, no, don't eat spaghetti like this. Please don't. No, what no one really stops to think about is if you do that, you're getting red sauce all over your clothes. It splatters. You can't slurp your spaghetti like that. I, and see, here's the problem. I'm competitive. I'm going to try to take the whole noodle. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're just going to yank it back. Just be like, nope, this is mine. Yum, 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 yum. Like. It's like squid. It's like Squid Game tug of war, but with a spaghetti noodle. Whoever gets the most wins, and whoever doesn't yes. dies. <laughs> it's a cute game until the death. Um. So there's that. So they go to this nice place, and I like that a hook. They didn't spend enough time here for me to be happy with it because it kind of made like they they do a signal thing where hook like signals to the bartender. The bartender goes walking over, and he's gonna do something. But they, like, leave this scene very quickly. So, like, there's not enough time for Hook to have established that he set something up and it's very romantic. It's only been set up enough for Emma to be like, I don't want to drink tonight. And he's like, oh, just keep a clear head. Yes, in case I have to fight a Snow Queen. Oh. Like, oh. Okay. I thought you just yeah. wanted. Okay. I liked their banter. I loved their back and forth. I, I love that we get. A nod to the fact that we haven't seen this restaurant before. We probably should have because it's apparently it's been here the whole time. But, you know, they talk about how he wants to kind of show up her last date. And then, well, yeah, you proposed in the last date, but also he goes a flying monkey. So, you know, what are you going to do? Like, those are great moments. And the two of them play off each other so well. I would have liked more flirtation. And I would have liked a few more hints of Hook's evil nature before it just comes literally crashing into the table because Will Scarlet got drunk um, and fell in pasta. There's a guy, by the way, side note, there's a guy cre- in the credits who's just credited as like Spaghetti Plate Man or something. I just thought that was funny. I just, and so you're right. There should have been more of just like Hook's evil hand, but I also would have liked it if Hook's evil hand was like, like just, just, for him to have been so much in his own head that his evil hand was doing like not even evil things like it was just like oh well what did you get well i got the spaghetti with meatballs emma that looks great yeah well what did you get hook oh i just got this salad but then he realized he's hungry and he keeps like trying to like his hand just keeps trying to steal a meatball <laughs> like just, like no 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 those are her meatballs like that that would have been kind of funny like an idle hand situation that's what i really wanted but instead Will Scarlet decides to make a hasty exit. It fails. A glass of wine is spilled on Emma. And Hook grabs Will Scarlet by the scruff and is like, you apologize to the lady. Let's lets him go. And then he runs off. Emma doesn't chase him because she's like, no, I'm on a date. How dare he? He can't go anywhere. There's an ice wall. And, he, and Hook is so racked with guilt for the way that he acted. For why? Like, he, it was aggressive. 
But it's not like he... I about made an Oscars joke, and I'm not going to do it. It's it's too easy. It's yeah, too easy. Yeah. And no, so, like, we're, it's, we're not. We're, let's not go there. I know. It's just. It's all the terpening. Uh, <laughs> I won't stop. It just. I don't know. I don't know if this deemed the crisis mode that p- kicked off in his head. Yeah, to the point where he was like looking at the hand, like, "What have you done? This isn't me. Not me." And it almost uh, it's, ruins the date for them because he's so concerned about it. I mean, I, I I feel like that's, you know, he's probably surprised at himself and and that's not the person he wants to be with Emma. But this needed more to make yeah. sense. And I guess we get that later on where he bit. just goes full on physically abusive toward Will Scarlet and just knocks the shit out of him. But yeah, like the this date didn't go so great. Yeah, so not, not they, the best one. And they walk back to the house, and it's just like Emma obviously got cold because it's I don't know what season it is, but she's wearing thirty degrees by the ice wall. <laughs> right. But now they're back in Midtown, so it's about seventy. So she's probably sweating her ass off. Uh, so she's got, but she's got Hook's leather jacket on. And she's just like, oh, this is a great day. And then they have a beautiful kiss. And the kiss is kind of ruined because right up. It's, <laughs> this scene made me laugh hysterically. Because it's like, she is just absolutely like love drunk from this beautiful kiss. Hook, eyes wide open, watching his fingertips slowly rise over Emma's shoulder. And he's like, whoa, don't grab the booty. Like, he just looks like she's, he's, like, going to kill her. Like, I don't know. He looks so concerned at his hand. And she has no idea any of this has happened. She's like, thank you. It was a beautiful night. He's like, oh, yeah, can I take you on another day? And she's like, I guess, maybe. Okay, see you later. And she's like, you don't want to, this, I like this joke. She's like, you don't want to come in and talk about our date with my parents, their newborn, and an ice queen. It's like, <laughs> I'll pass. So she goes in, and, like, Hook is just like, oh, my God, me and my evil handing to leave. Inside of the apartment, uh, Charming and Snow are just waiting for her in their jammies on the couch. And I loved this. Because she's like, tell me everything. I want to know everything about the date and everything. Uh, and then Charming, don't tell me. I don't want to know anything. Don't talk to me about smooching. I hate smooching. It's the worst thing. Well, we smooch. How dare you? <laughs> It's like, why did he stay up then? Yeah, why did you stay up? Did you just want to, like, hang out with Mary? Like, they're just, like, two exhausted parents who stayed up for their adult child to come back from a date so that they got to cost her. Like, what if she wouldn't have come back? How pissed do you think they would have been? Like, they'd, they'd just, like, so we went somewhere else. Um. Anyway, so that's a cute scene. Uh, meanwhile, Hook is mad, so he goes and he finds Will Scarlet, uh, who has consumed a bottle of whiskey or whatever he drank and is now trying to break into the library and hook clocks him <laughs> it's just like you're, just there's nothing in there beats the clock. shit out of absolute him. shit out of him uh hook wakes up hook wakes up on a bench because he doesn't have anywhere to go so he's just like sleeping in the docks because he doesn't have a boat <laughs> Yeah, like, where does he... Is he homeless? I think he's homeless. He doesn't have a boat. He's got to have... Okay, well, that's a a whole thing. That's a situation to unpack. Uh, Snow, why aren't you dealing? 
uh, with the uh, homeless crisis in your community and helping people who are unhoused find places to live. That's also, your yeah, job. Like You're the people, mayor. With yeah, a lot of people lived on his boat. Do they have a homeless pirate situation? Why can't they all go stay at the giant mansion? Oh wait, so Belle can use it as a a sex house for four days. Uh, no. Well, Belle is busy finding a unconscious beat to the pulp Will Scarlet in her library. Can I can I tell you something annoying? That's Always. That. So like, Belle has whole... been mentioned for five seconds. Yes, Belle. Yes, that's Belle. that's what I'm annoyed about because there's a deleted scene involving Belle. So, like, I was like, oh, yay, Belle's back at her library. She's doing shit. But apparently there is a deleted scene <laughs> where uh, Belle and Gold are chilling by the harbor, and, and she's like, do you want me to come help you at the pawn shop? And he goes, no, you should go work at the library. Don't you do stuff there? And she's then like, oh, I'm so lucky to have you. And then he says, tells her to go tend to her books. <laughs> good thing she's done so far this season in a deleted scene he told her to go do it to stop bothering him sorry i just like the way you told that just like don't you have anything that but also i guess that deleted scene would also be funnier considering that could you imagine if they would have kept that in they would have had to have a scene being like bell being like wait why did you ask henry to be your apprentice when i could have been helping you anyway Anyway, she's like, and I'm much better at sweeping. That kid sucks. Uh, yeah, so Hook wakes up on a bench. And Rumple shows up. And they have this weird conversation. And Rumple's like, no, I'm, you know, yeah, your hand's cursed. It's terrible. Awful, awful thing that happened. Anyway, anyway, we're going to follow this broom. <laughs> yeah, because, well, because uh, Hook's like, oh, take the hand back or I'm going to tell Belle about the dagger. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I, I secretly switched the dagger. Belle's got the real one now. I switched it afterward because I did that. One of many lofty surprises Rumple likes to throw at us throughout the course of this episode. Yeah, his, all of his gotcha moments. So we follow the broom. I do like that they made the broom Fantasia broom because it, it did it its did little march. I like that that's not just how... Like, in Fantasia, it was just like, though, this is how they march. And it was like, no, this is how they walk. Like, they walk forward. <laughs> Very on a mission. <laughs> they walk with purpose. They walk they're, with purpose. You know, they, they're counting their steps. I I like that, like, because it's, it's marching back to its owner. So what's funny is I'm just imagining that broom being like, that son of a bitch, I'll get him. I'm going to get him. <laughs> how dare he leave me at the dock? So he they follow him to this, like, little old house. And they find the apprentice. And basically, the apprentice does nothing. Like, the apprentice is like, oh, hey, what's up? He has him hold, he has Hook force the elderly man into a chair and then hold on to his shoulders while Rumple then uses the dagger to open the box that pulls out the sorcerer's hat that he then tips over the sorcerer's hat to suck the apprentice into the sorcerer's hat to consume the power thus framing hook with closed circuit video of hook hook murdering question mark a man implicating himself in a crime so anyway the point of this is that the apprentice is in the hat now yes the apprentice is in the hat 
And Rumple, in the span of like 40 seconds, when 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 Hook's trying to be like, what did the hell did you make me do? I'm going to come clean. He's like, uh, don't bother. I erased myself from the tape because I can do that. And now only you are on the tape. And we don't even get to see it. He just waves his hand over. and He's like, I did it. Okay. Did so my magic. Okay. So this was an interesting thing that I don't know why this stuck out to me. But usually it's always with Rumple, it's a wave of the hand, like a Jedi mind trick thing where he's like, boop, uh-huh. and it's no longer that way. Oop, it's no longer. He did a very specific hand movement of just being like left and right. It wasn't a wave. It was a very specific hand movement where I was just like, okay. It's just interesting the, the ten, I- 10 items or fewer magic. Like he grabbed himself and pulled himself out. Like he was like, grabbed my image, took it out. Although I, I wish they would have watched it. If he would have pulled himself out of that video, imagine what that looked like. Like, a box coming, floating into the room, and then Hook just standing there while he gets sucked up. Doesn't seem very... No, uh, but he might have changed it in other ways, too. To or be, he might have done like, nothing. Like just another gotcha moment. Hook, I, why does Rumple's magic work on digital recordings? I don't know. Because, like, he oh, also he's is done like... That before. He also tells Hook I he either switched the daggers back again or he never switched them in the first place. He leaves it very vague, but he's like, no, no, the, the dagger's with me. I have it now. And then he also tells Hook, oh, your hand isn't evil. It's this lump of flesh. The evil was in your mind. You you used it as an excuse to be bad. Well, ha ha, which victim blaming? I don't care for the metaphors we get in there at all also yeah this is this is an inception thing where it was just like he's not you planted that in his brain so it's not like it just happened naturally like that's different like there's a whole different sub level of what this is but it was all again just bringing everybody back to zero we moved the pieces where we wanted to and then removed any consequence of those motions Mm mm-hmm We've, we took Anna, we put her in the thing, and we gave Rumpel the power to get the hat, but we took Anna out of the equation and put her back where she was supposed to be. Almost nothing gained. Hook got to have his hand back for a couple of LOL, look, I have both my hands, uh, but now his hand is back and now he works for Rumpel. For, for why? Uh, and also they still don't, they, they also really don't know about the Snow Queen. Like, Emma then goes and talks to Will and was just like, hey, Will, you broke into the library and you were using, you were looking at Alice, uh, Alice, in the Wonder- Alice in Wonderland and this page. I didn't catch what was on the page. Uh, the Red Queen. The Red Queen. And it was the like, Queen so what's this mean? She's like, ah. he's like, I don't know, but you'll be interested to know about who punched me in the face. And then Hook walked in and he goes, I don't know who punched me in the face. It could have been anybody. It's a mystery. I was so drunk. And so Emma decides to um, break American laws and detain him, even though she has no real reason to. Because he ruined her date. That's what we call small town corruption. Oh, Emma. Emma. (laughs) So, and also, like, there's, I'm sorry, there's a whole little sub thing of, like, Charming and Elsa digging through the town files. It's literally an excuse to keep her in the episode. I did not care. I know, but it also, and again, it was also an excuse to be like, oh, the town is so huge. Here's the first book. It's just A through E. And I'm like, there's not this many people in this town. You cannot (laughs) convince me that there's this many people in this town. Not even with Wolf 98 blaring out to the dozens (laughs) of listeners. 
<laughs> to go to Granny's Diner because it's better than you remember. Could you imagine like living in a town with like 12 people and they'd be like, you need to go to Granny's Diner. And you're just like, I only eat there. Like I, there's nowhere else to go. We don't have a grocery store. It's just dining establishment. <laughs> My my blood is grilled cheese sandwiches. I I, I my my arteries are, if you wanna, are destroyed. If you want to eat something quick, you go to Granny's. If you want to eat something fancy, you go to the Italian restaurant and you share a plate of spaghetti. They only serve it on one plate. They will never give you two plates of it. You have to share it. It's all supposed to be romantic. Terrible. Took my sister there once. Weird. Don't go. <sighs> Anything else we need to talk about with this one? Anything else? Because, like, I, my only lingering thought is if Hook is now screwed and, like, found out the hand is a regular hand, why doesn't he just ask for it back? See, that's what I'm saying. It's just, like, there's no reason for him to not have the hand now. But it's just, like, he's Captain Hook, so we have to have the Hook hand. So we just, he just doesn't then use it again. What and then he li- straight up lies to Emma about it too. Like, where where'd your hand go? Oh, turns out his magic's not super crazy. Like, n- not great. Oh, okay. And she believes him because she trusts him. Wouldn't it been better if the one time we decided the storyline, which by the way we didn't even need to do at all, he does not need a hand. Like he he can be a, a Captain Hook. That's who he is. But wouldn't it been better if it was like something about him feeling like. It's something he needs and then him ultimately deciding he doesn't because he's who he is. Like, I feel like we could have done that, but also we would have been venturing into very um, complicated territory. And I I don't feel like the writers would handle it well. No, this really complicated territory that no one on that staff, I, I think, especially at the time, would have been ready to handle because there is a conversation to be had about, like, you know, he's lived more of his life with that hook than without. Like there was no, there was no show of him being uncomfortable with a second hand. Um, so yeah, I don't think it would have been, would have been tackled correctly. Um, yeah, I just think we didn't need this. This was just a ploy to get him under Rumple's thumb, which I think could have been done in different ways. Uh, yes. The, the one thing I will add though, is it was nice for the brief time that we had it that captain hook had two equal length arms <laughs> i i love the props they're just so funny like it's just like and then you hold this in your hand and now your arm is another full five inches longer I, there's there's not another way to do it but it's funny like <laughs> it's so funny it's just it's hilarious and i love it well everybody that was season four episode four the Apprentice. And we've set a new level of the stage. And also Frozen is there doing <laughs> Frozen-y things. Also Frozen and is there. Frozen's there. And yeah, oh, I mean, like, oh my God, the guest appearances, there is a literal credit for Spaghetti Man. <laughs> I'm so is spaghetti- and Spaghetti Lady. Oh, the guys, ki- the ones kissing. Yeah, they get okay. credits. You know, Good living their them. best life. Could you imagine? What are your acting credits? I was Spaghetti Man opposite Spaghetti Woman. We did that in one take. <laughs> I, yeah, this this episode was just, it was a mess, if you can't tell yeah. by the way that we had to talk about it, because I just fumbling, a lot of fumbling happening in everything. 
this was a very weak episode, top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I mean, I was looking at some of the reviews, and a lot of them were pretty positive because of the, like, the breadcrumbs that were being laid. But it's kind of one of those episodes, I feel like, in hindsight, especially given how things resolve, or how I remember them resolving, that it's... It just kind of feels disjointed and and clumsy and disconnected because you have these two storylines happening together that don't belong together. Like the whole Frozen thing is so clumsily inserted into this uh, this other story, this more thought out and darker story. They just don't work. Yeah, I agree. Like, cause I I, I do know that. Okay, so it's a lot like, we'll just we'll just make a Game of Thrones comparison here because it's on my brain, uh, mostly because I was thinking about how Jamie, when his hand gets cut off, he also has uneven arms because he's holding the weird golden hand thing. Anyway, in Game of Thrones, it was one of those things where even if it was a weak episode, it was always there were always moments of those breadcrumbs that got you hyped of just being like, oh, this happened, which means soon this will happen. And I think the reviews of this episode would be pretty good because they don't know where those breadcrumbs are leading. And we have the unfortunate knowledge of the fact that it's not going to be as grand as as assumed. Uh, because, again, I'm very... I got really excited when I heard, like, the Fantasia music and mm-hmm. got to see the... Fa- I personally would have enjoyed more of a Fantasia angle of this season without the frozen part. I mm-hmm. do think the incorporation of new Disney hurt once upon a time because they did it so haphazardly trying to add something so new that they didn't have any creative freedom hurt them ultimately. So like, I want to see the Fantasia storyline without it being crowded up with, with again, characters. I like, I do appreciate, I like Elsa. I like Anna and I like Kristoff. They're good characters. It just, they, they're in a different show than the other storyline. Yeah, like instead of Anna have have Snow in or you could have Red back or you know there's so many or just have someone new. Like you can have so many interesting characters or dive more into the fairy tales. Rip Van Winkle made a song request. Ah, uh, yes, a solid one apparently. Yes. Uh but like bring in different characters that aren't so, and again, this, and we've talked about this before, this was, this was a play for a different demographic, things like that. And they wanted, they wanted this hype and I guess, but it, it does damage the integrity of what they were doing before. Uh, and, and just gets them even farther from their season one mm-hmm. because they kept trying to level it in season three, be like, no, 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 we're back to where we were. We were back to where we were. And they just then completely just changed course they never look back after this there's never a try to to level it back out to season one no which it's gone it's in the rearview mirror far in the back it's a dot uh this this (laughs) i feel like i'm way more disappointed than this episode than i should be uh but it is what it is well everyone thank you for joining us on this incredible journey into the apprentice the incredible, the incredible, <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> so. I have no way to transition this just to say that like I do think we need to talk about Bridgerton mostly because it does tie into our own universe because uh, Rupert Everett does make an appearance. In- he does. He I does. I didn't I, I I haven't seen that episode, but the reason I was curious to watch was I was wait I was on a plane because I'm coming back from San Francisco. And I was waiting for the bathroom and I look over someone's shoulder and on their computer they had Bridgerton up and it was it was the scene with Rupert Rupert Everett and I was like Oh Rupert Evans or whatever his yeah. name is and I was like, Oh, he's in it. Oh, he's not in it. <laughs> he so first of all, I would like to point out that look and so for, for anyone that's like new to the podcast or not part of our, our universe of podcasts, uh he was in Charmed, the reboot of Charmed. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's he's a very attractive man. Uh, one of the few men that I think could still pull off being very attractive with mutton chops. I've learned. Uh, he has like very mm-hmm. full mutton chops in Bridgerton. And yes, a tragically uh, small part, uh, which is like the moment they reveal who he is. You're just like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Like, why couldn't he? Why couldn't he be the artist guy? I know. Like that was just like, oh, I can't he wait to the artist of boyfriend. Like, Everyone's like longstanding <laughs> character. And then we get to see like a really explicit 10 minute sex scene. I will just tell you right now, no spoilers. You do not get a, a very explicit 10-minute sex scene from Rupert Evans. It does not happen. Well, uh, patrons, let us know on Patreon if you would like us to like to see us talk about Le Bridgerton uh, for our next <laughs> Patreon episode, and we will do so. Uh, of course, we want to thank all our patrons, especially our Snow Queen-level patrons. Uh, this week's Patreon shout-out goes to Ashley Buschetta. Thank you, Ashley, for supporting us. If you'd like to uh, join our wonderful Patreon community, that's at patreon.com slash timing. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash timing. Sorry for my throat. I, as I told Abby, I have a canker sore on my tonsil, and so I've had a dry throat all week, and it's crazy. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And I'm going to have some water. <laughs> you can join us next week for season four, episode five, Breaking Glass. And I think this is a heavy uh, episode for Emma's past and for Ingrid, the Snow Queen. Snow what? Queen! Snow Queen! So thank you everyone for joining us and Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.